Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. George Reed here. Oh, hello, Georgie. How's Floyd's of England doing these days? Uh, payments keep on the way they started this morning. The company will go broke. What's that mean? One of our old clients... What a character, by the oh, way. Oh, no, wait, George. For just once, give me a case involving some nice, ordinary, normal person. No, Johnny. First, but... it was that old fuss-budget Jediah Gillis. Yes, but now... Then big bad Michael Meany, who thought he owned half the state of Louisiana. Well, yes, I know, but compared to them, Durango Laramie Dalhart is as normal as they come. Durango what? Except for one thing, of course. The payment of his insurance premium this morning. What was the matter with it? $4,500, Johnny, in $100 bills. They're still here on my desk. Hundred dollar bills? You call this character normal? Listen, will you? Every one of these bills is counterfeit. Oh. I'll be right over. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Floyd's of England, North American offices, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the funny money matter. Expense account item one, a dollar even, taxi from my apartment to George Reed's office. I found him sitting, staring grimly at a pile of paper money spread around on the top of his desk. Well, there they are, Johnny. $45, $100 bills, and every one of them as phony as I've ever seen. Look at them. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Whoever returned these out didn't even have sense enough to use the proper kind of ink. Yeah, it looks like he must have diluted it. Yeah. Have you ever seen such washed-out-looking money in all your life? <laughs> Good tough paper, though, just like the real McCoy. Yes, yeah, real crisp and new. But, Johnny, look at those colors. Even the black isn't really black. Yeah, yeah. You'd think they'd at least have tried to wrinkle them up a bit and dirty them. Yeah. This is the most obviously flagrant... What are you looking at, Johnny? 
Well, uh, this is unusual. For counterfeit, that is. What? Well, they've all been printed up with different serial numbers. See? Here. And here. Huh? How about that? Pretty smart. Funny, isn't it? The thing that usually makes this stuff easy to spot is the same number on all the bills. Sure. And whoever made these was clever enough to think of that. Had sense enough to use good paper, too. Uh-huh. But he certainly slipped up when it came to the color and quality of the ink. As for the press work... Well, I don't pretend to know much about phony money, George. Who needs to? Heavens knows, I don't see too many hundred-dollar bills. But to me, this engraving looks just about perfect. That's just what I'm saying. Perfect plates, sense enough to change the numbers, good paper. Yet look at the result. Yeah. Has he ever tried anything like this before? What? Durango? Yeah. And just for the sake of the record, what is his real name? That's it. Durango Laramie Delhart. Oh, I can't believe it. And the answer to your first question is no. Durango is as honest as the day is long. Well, maybe you mean he was. Well, maybe. But if so, I want to know why. There'd have to be a mighty good reason, believe me. Running out of dough is the best one I can think of. But he's always had plenty. After all, $4,500 to spend on insurance year after year. Well, just who is he? And where is he? He lives on a ranch in Oklahoma. What kind of a ranch? I don't know. But it must be awfully big. Where in Oklahoma? A place called Bum Spung. Bum Spung? Yes. Oh, now, look, George, this whole thing is beginning to get a little too thick. Durango, bum, spung, Laramie, Dalhart, whatever it is. Look, counterfeit money is for the Secret Service for her, so why don't you just put in a phone call to them... No. ...and let them carry the ball? No. Why? Because of Durango. I simply can't believe he deliberately hand over a lot of phony money. He's been paying on that policy for years. Always in cash? Always in cash. Crisp, new, legitimate hundred-dollar bills. Not till now. <laughs> Were you here when he left these? No. Hello, Johnny. If somebody is trying to take him, it's up to us to protect him. Oh, that's a big if, George, from where I stand. Johnny, we've always tried to give more personal service to our clients than some of the other companies. Look, I want you to investigate this thing for us, without Durango's knowing, of course, on a fee plus expense account basis. Oh, an extra fee? That's not usual, George. With you, it is. You know as well as I do, the padding that goes on your expense account is plenty fee for anybody. Oh, George, you cut me to the quick. All right. Where is Durang? Um, where is Mr. Dalhart now? Back in Bumspung, Oklahoma. Or at least on the way. But I thought he just left this money this morning. Every year he follows the same pattern. Comes east for a fling. You know, New York and all the nightclubs, that sort of thing. Then, just before leaving, he drops in here, makes his premium payment, and is gone. So? George, I still think you should have called in the Secret Service. But I'll take this on for just one reason. What's that? I want to find out what kind of a place could ever deserve the name of Bum Spung. Since George had already arranged for plane travel as far as Enid, Oklahoma, item two is a mere 855 for incidentals along the way. I arrived in Enid shortly after noon. Item three, 260 for lunch. Item four, $50 deposit on a rental car. And the owner of the Drive Your Own Agency wore a silly little smile as he gave me the directions to Bum Spung. Anyway, I headed due north on Highway 81 across the Oklahoma flatland. Some 26 miles or so further on, after passing through Pond Creek and crossing the salt fork of the Arkansas River, I spotted a rather crude, weather-beaten sign indicating that the place I was looking for was somewhere up a dirt road to the left. Road? That's a laugh. And it twisted and turned for seemingly endless rough miles along the riverbank. I just about decided that bum spunk was a bum steer when suddenly I almost ran into the gate of an old wooden fence. 
surrounding some two or three acres of sandy ground. And there they were. A huge, ramshackle, unpainted building that passed for a house. An even more dilapidated affair, propped up with timbers that probably served as a barn. There were a couple of broken-down outbuildings, too. And on a small, irrigated plot in the back, two cows... Steers? Well, anyway, two rather sad-looking bovines munched on the faded grass. There were some decrepit-looking chickens, a mangy old dog. There was a horse of sorts in a small corral. The windmill, its whole tower sagged with fatigue, and the rudder on it slapped idly against the broken veins. But right next to it, in complete contrast, stood a spanking new Cadillac convertible. And on the other side of the house, hanging some flimsy pretties on a clothesline, uh, she was uh, maybe 23 or 4, a brunette, and wearing a pair of well-tailored white riding breeches and a tight flowered silk blouse. She was slim, and she was pretty, and had a couple of rosebuds tucked in her hair. Hi. And uh, about as out of place as anything I ever saw. You said hi. It was like seeing the vision of a goddess and... Hmm? Come on in. Just swing aside that post that you left. It's what Durango called the gate. Oh, yeah. Uh, Durango, did you say? Don't tell me this is bum spunk. Sure is. Didn't you see the sign down the road? The vast acreage within this broken-down fence is the cattle ranch of Durango Laramie Dahlhart, who happens to be my uncle. I'm Carol Dahlhart. Who are you? Why, uh, my name's Johnny Dollar. Dollar? That seems to me I've heard that somewhere. Oh? What are you doing out here? Oh, just, uh, driving around, you know, summer vacation. You look like a city man. I, uh, well, I was intrigued by that sign down the road. You know, curious about what bum spunk could mean. Bad water. Bad spring, so the Indians called it bum spunk. Oh. Drango liked the name, so he bought up these two acres and settled here. And this is all there is to his ranch? What's the matter with it? He liked it. But I'd had an idea. Well. Yeah? Uh, nothing. From what you've told me, I think I'd like to meet Durango. Is he around? You trying to kid me or something? I haven't told you anything about him. Now look, Johnny Dollar. Yeah, now look! Suddenly she turned to an old Colt 45, and as I ducked, she let go with it. Holy! I, I got him! I got him, see? She got him all right. A small really snake that had poked up out of a hole in the ground some 25 feet away, and she got him right through the head with both shots. God darn rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes? That looks to me like a poor old gopher snake. What's left of them? Oh, so what's the difference? Could have been a rattlesnake. Hey, you were plenty fast with that gun. Yeah, I gotta be. Or old Durango wouldn't have me on the place. No use for anybody to... Hand me a couple of those clothes pins, will you? I gotta get these things hung up. Yeah, sure. Here. You uh, said you're his niece. That's right. Only one left to take care of the old buzzard. You live here with him? Part of the time. Well, enough to look after him, make sure he don't get lonely, that he's got enough food in the house, that kind of thing. And I stick around when he goes out on the West Coast or back east for a fling. That's where he is now. Yeah, and he's due back. Hand me that slip out of the laundry desk. Sure. Here you are. I take it that convertible's yours, huh? Yeah, that was my birthday present. Oh, your family must be pretty well healed. Family? Me and Durango, we're all that's left. Give me them stockings now. Sure. 
but certainly Durango. Why not? He gives me a new one every year. And this ranch is all he owns? Except for his money. Says he has a barrel of it. Well, he must have. Or else... Uh... Or else what? Uh, nothing. Go on with what you were saying. More clothespins. Yeah, here. Yeah. And when he kicks off, I get it all. And I can give up the filling station. Filling station? Well, you must have passed it. Just the side of Enid. Durango says a woman's no good unless she's got a job, so I got a filling station. Let somebody else run it for me, though, and Durango don't know the difference. Or at least he don't care. Main thing is I'm around to keep him happy and give him somebody to cuss at now and then and... Say, why am I shooting off my face to you this way? I don't know, but don't stop. There. Them clothes will be dry in an hour, and if you're still here, you can help me take them down again. Okay. Carry that basket for me, and I'll give you a cool drink in the house. Hey, great. You say Durango's due back here, huh? Mm-hmm. Why well, don't save yourself time traveling by plane instead of train? I'll never... Johnny, if you're just around here on vacation, I'll eat my shirt. Why'd you come here? And don't give me any guff. All right, come on. Pour me that drink and I'll tell you. Now I'll tell you. If you're here to pull something on... Oh! What's that? Son of a dog. Blasted. Blasted gopher. Oh, easy now. Easy. Don't you easy now, me. I busted my ankle. Oh, that's just oh. a little sprain. Here, arm over my shoulder. Okay. Okay. Dang fool that I was to kill that gopher snake back there. Johnny, it hurts. Then I'll carry you. Oh, that's better. Hey, boy, you got muscles. You know. Huh? What the? Well, take me over to the sofa. What's the matter, John? What stopped me was the inside of the ramshackle old house. Clean, modern, well-furnished. Even the kitchen with its gleaming porcelain, electric range, huge refrigerator and freezer. Modern in every way. Well, don't just stand there staring. Get some water, hot and cold for this ankle. While you're at it, pour us a drink at the bar over there in the corner. I could use a good, stiff snort. I did what I could to reduce the swelling in her ankle. But by the time I'd taped it up and she was snoozing comfortably on the sofa, it was getting dark. So I hired myself into the well-stocked kitchen to see what I could scratch up to eat. And I'll be honest about it, with this mighty attractive patient on my hands, I'd completely forgotten about my mission in these parts, the investigation of one Durango Laramie Dalhart. I wasn't allowed to forget it long, though, as I opened and was about to reach into the ample freezer. Stop right there, you. Huh? There's only one way to deal with a thieving, stealing, dirty varmint like you. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Put that thing down. And that, partner, is this way. Holy, no. Hey, no, no, you're out of your... No. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. A number of years ago, it was said that in spite of the large population of this planet, men and women remain the most inaccessible things on it. Today, we see this lack of understanding among peoples of the world reflected in headline stories. But it isn't because the people of the world are enemies. All people want to be friends. 
Long before the termination of World War II, Reverend Eugene Wood, a Methodist minister from Oceanside, California, went into a Scottsdale, Arizona camp where German prisoners of war were interned and offered his services to the imprisoned men. Among other things, Reverend Wood taught the men English, and he taught them about the United States of America. During the following years, after the men had been repatriated to their native Germany, nearly half of the internees corresponded frequently with Reverend Wood. Those men expressed a unique understanding of the people and the country of the United States of America. This great feeling of friendship and understanding prompted the minister to make a pilgrimage to Europe to seek out the men he had befriended in the prisoner of war camp in Arizona. This gesture on Reverend Wood's part gained him a fantastic welcome everywhere he went. In all the places he visited, he spread the gospel of love and friendship and had it returned to him. There were no enemies, only men with the love of freedom, the right of all men, everywhere. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Funny Money Matter. Keep it in your pocket where it belongs. Uh, sure. Now, what was the big idea? Well, whenever you bring one of these fancy boyfriends of yours around to my house, they got a right to have a little fun with them, ain't it? Fun? Is this your idea of fun? crazy gall-darn fun. Look what you did to the stove. You blowed it full nah, of holes. Nah, the old wood stove would have held up. Here, buy yourself another one. There's four... Five hundred nice new dollars. Hey, wait, let now, me see Now, what about those. that window and the jars on the shelf? Yeah, okay, here. <laughs> you should have saw him when I started throwing that lid all around oh, him. Sure, <laughs> sure, here, Johnny. Let me wipe off some of that jam that fell on your head. Johnny? Johnny who? Johnny Dollar. And I take it you're Durango Laramie Dollhart. Yeah, sure am. Fastest shot in the country, too. My pa learned how in Durango, my ma learned how in Laramie, and I'm better than both of them was. Only thing is, I get no chance to show off no more. Durango, you crazy idiot. What's the idea? Oh, she... no harm, man. No harm. Yeah. Yeah. Take a slug of this, and you forget all about it. I'll get a glass. Glass a man drinks out of the bottle. Go ahead, Johnny. Oh, well, thanks. Bad enough a he-man has to live around all this feminine fripsy and lace curtains and rugs all over the floor You and know that blame well you like the way I fixed up this old dumpy ears, Durango. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Look, you two. Yeah, you know dang well a man gets tired just sitting around no matter how party pretty it is. Why else do you suppose I got to get away every now and then to San Francisco or New York or some of them places where they got some noise and excitement? Is that right, Johnny Dollar? Just leave him out of it. Why? What's he doing here, anyhow? Well? Well, uh... Well, Durango, I, uh... I'll tell you why. 
because he's just driving around on his vacation and he happened to get to the end of the road and I made him come in. That's why. Thanks, girl. You got any objections? Well, I'll say this. He's got a lot more get up and guts than most of the boys you bring around here. That laugh on the chin he'd give me. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry about that, Durant. Sorry for what? Because you didn't act like some of them lily-livered kids she brings around run for home? No, sir, boy, you're all right. You're... Cheryl, what the Sam Hill you got on your foot? Well, it's high time you noticed. Well, what happened to it? I like to have busted my ankle and I go for hold. If it hadn't been for Johnny, I'd still be laying out in the yard howling with pain. Yeah. Me, I'd seen that happen. I thought she'd broke her leg. I'd liable to took her out and shot her. <laughs> but Johnny boy, you done a real good job on my little chicken. Here, honey. I have to get back on the sofa. No, now, that Johnny. He's hmm. a lot gentler. And besides, well, I kind of like him. <laughs> you hear that, Johnny? You better look out when a pretty girl starts talking to you like that. You're sure fixing to get lassoed and thrown. Well, I can think of a lot worse things. Durango, you just shut up and fix us up some vittles. We're hungry. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No sooner I get back here and some woman starts giving me orders. Take it easy now, Carl. Oh, I don't need help. I'm feeling fine now. I just wanted to talk to you. Hey, you should have stayed on that sofa. I didn't miss all the fun. Fun? You too? Get out. Oh, thanks. Hey, sit beside me, Johnny. Well, sure. Why not? Ah, now, none of that mush stuff. That isn't what I meant. No, I can't see I'd mind it with you, Johnny. Well, now, if that isn't an invitation, hey, I... Hey, here's some nice steaks, a couple of chops, maybe some pancakes and uh... beans to fill you up the all right. Just make it good and take your time. Or shall I do it? Yeah, woman, I can cook better than you any time. <laughs> oh, Johnny, before you start that... What's the matter with some lights in there, you kids? It's getting dark. Oh. Just mind your own affairs. And I warn you, Johnny, you better watch out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll risk it, Durango. You don't uh, want the light, do you, Carol? You know what I want? Mm-hmm. What? I don't know why you come out here to bum spawn. Can't I wait? Dollar, I bet you got somewhere else to go. It's gonna be pretty late by the time we met. Well, I might as well bunk here tonight. Got plenty of room. What do you say? Johnny? Uh, sure, Durango. Thanks, thanks a lot. No, uh, Carol. You haven't answered my question, Johnny. Tomorrow, I'll tell you tomorrow when we can be alone. Aren't we alone now? Oh. Not as much as I wish we were. Mm. You mighty cute guys, Johnny. Oh. You don't know me, Carol. I'm really just an old wolf. Oh, I don't believe it. I don't know. Hmm? Just one of the roses fell out of my hair. There it is. With buds of roses in her hair and kisses on her mouth. What's that? line from an old poem. I have the roses in my hair. What about the rest? Don't you find out. Hmm? You kids want to bell down on the jump while you're waiting? Oh, oh, why don't you tend to your cooking? 
Durango, he certainly puts together a meal in a hurry, too much of a hurry. And the meal itself, enough for an army. And to see him pack it away, you'd think he'd been out on the range for years. Yes, sir. Nothing like coming home to give you an appetite. Here, scoop yourself up some more beans, Johnny. I still hadn't made any progress in my investigation and encouraged him to talk about himself. He did, willingly. And how much of it was true was something else again. Said he'd left his father's little farm in Colorado to hunt for gold. Said he'd found it, too, a lot of it. Claimed he'd use that money exploring for oil, wildcatting. That everything he touched had turned to money. That he'd made and banked so much he could never spend it all. That's why he'd go on those flings to San Francisco and New York, just to get rid of it. Then come back here to this little plot of ground and rest up for the next excursion to the big city. His only regret was he was too old to make the new West like the old West. Yes, sir. If I was 20 years younger, I'd ride a horse into Dodge City and show all them law and order. I'd show them just exactly how it was in the old days. Like I read about in them magazines. But if all this were true, why the counterfeit money? Those phony, washed-out hundred-dollar bills I'd seen on George Reed's desk. The bed in the guest room was as comfortable as my own, but I couldn't get to sleep, fortunately. For long after the house was dark, it must have been close to midnight, I heard the door of Durango's room open, heard him sneak out of the house the back way. Quickly, as quietly as I could, I slipped on trousers and shoes, took along my gun, and went after him. From the back porch, I could see that there was a light on in one of the small outbuildings. With my ear pressed tightly to the side of the little shack, I could hear it only too plainly. The printing press on which Durango was turning out the phony money. No question about it. And I was sorry. Kind of began to like the old character. To say nothing of his beautiful... Johnny! Huh? Carol. What are you doing out here? If it's a walk in the moonlight you want, why didn't Jack Carol, come with you? Carol, listen. I'll lay my cards right on the table. What I really came to this place for was to find out... Well, it's right here inside this little shack. Oh, no. And now that I've found out, I've... Oh, Johnny, you'll break his heart. He thinks nobody knows about this. Oh, of course he does. He's been doing it ever since... And he thinks that even I don't know about it. Oh, but... Oh, Johnny, please, you'll spoil everything. Why not? It's about time, isn't it? And he means no harm to anybody. What do you mean, no harm? Are you kidding? Or maybe you're in this whole thing with him. Are you? Oh, no, but I don't see what difference it would make. Johnny, Johnny, baby, don't... Oh, don't, don't... pull that stuff. It's time for a showdown. Harry, what's the racket? What's going on? Uh... Snoopin', huh? Why, you ornery low-down sneaking coyote. All right, all right, Durango. Just cut it and stand where you are. Huh? Well, what are you doing with that gun? I only hope you won't make it necessary for me to use it. Johnny. Open up that door, Durango. I want to see what you've got inside there. Go ahead, now open it. Yeah. Now, look, son, there, there ain't no harm in what I'm doing in there. No harm? That seems to be a pat phrase around here. Well, it's just that I... Well, ever since I made my pile, everywhere I'd go, I'd spend a lot of money. So you told me at great length. Always, uh, maybe it was sort of showing off a bit, but when I'd draw it out of the bank, I'd make them give me brand new money. You know, to impress the folks. Like a big shot up in Hartford where I pay my insurance for Carol here every year. In brand new $100 bills, supposedly. That's right, and no supposedly. But this last insurance payment to Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I know, but... Johnny, it wasn't my fault. The bank didn't have some nice new ones for me. And they couldn't get them in time either. So I I had to... 
Well, this was the next best. Oh, that's all likely. Johnny, Sorry. please. Open that door. Oh, God, I kept hoping nobody would find it. Come on, open it. Okay. There you are. What under the... That's the washing machine there. And that's the soap and plenty of strong bleach and the starch to make them nice and crisp. Oh, no. And that there's the ironing board where I press them out real <laughs> nice and flat. They'll never believe it. But it, it does make them look real pretty and new. <laughs> Honest, Johnny, I, I, I didn't think there was no harm in it. <laughs> Well, there you have it, George. Full report on the funny money that turned out to be only cleaned up a bit. And the next time, call in the Secret Service, will you? No, no, I, I didn't mean that. Just don't question the charges on this account for the extra week I've spent out here. If you can see this pretty little Carol... Oh, that Carol. And if I ever get enough money, so help me, I think I'll retire to bum-spung Oklahoma. Expense account total, including incidentals, and the trip back to Hartford, $171.25. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, well, just remember one thing. That old saying about a cat having nine lives. And be sure to join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote tonight's story. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, G. Stanley Jones, and John McIntyre. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Mr. Dollar, this is Henry Parker with Continental Assurance out in Reno. Well, how are things in Nevada, Mr. Parker? Terrible, sir, just terrible. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. What uh, seems to be... Excuse me, Mr. Dollar. Yeah? Uh, there's someone here who would like to speak with you. Oh, who? Give me that. Who do you suppose it is, you sloth-eyed Pinkerton? Sounds to me like a cantankerous old character named Jodiah Gillis. Cantankerous? Why, you miserable... What are you doing in Reno, Mr. Gillis? I'll tell you when you get here. When I get... Oh, no, now, wait a minute. I can't wait. If I do, he'll be dead and it'll be your fault. Who? A feline friend of mine. A what? Oh, being uncouth like you, you'd probably call him a cat. Oh, no. Look, Joe Dyer. Also, he's rich. He's what? Rich, yes, sir. Last week, he inherited $60,000. This week, somebody's making sure he won't live long enough to spend it. <laughs>
in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Continental Assurance Company, Reno, Nevada. The following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Felicity Feline matter. Expense account item one, $164, air transportation, Hartford to Reno. En route, I wondered again what Jodiah Gillis was doing in Nevada. At Reno, he was on the flight deck waiting for my plane, and standing beside him wearing a dark suit and expression to match was a tall, cadaverous-looking gentleman. As I started down the ramp, Jodiah began calling me. Yeah, there he is. Oh, dollar. You who? Hey, John. Oh, hi. Afternoon, Jodiah. Well, you are a sight for sore eyes, boy. Yes, indeed, you are. Johnny, this is my friend and business associate, Henry Parker. Mr. Parker? Oh, I'm certainly glad you've arrived, sir. That's all? Yes, my, yes. Mr. Gillis has been quite concerned over Felicity. The Felicity? The feline. What do you think you came out here for? Your health? Well, no. Yeah, and give Parker your checks. My checks? So what's the matter with you? The altitude affects your mind? Hand over your claim checks so Parker can fetch your luggage. Oh, uh, sure. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Parker. Go on. We haven't got all day. Whatever you say, Mr. Gillis. Yeah. We'll be in the waiting room. You hurry up. Yes, sir. Now, come on, Dollar. Come on. Come on. Jodiah, before I left Hartford, I tried to check up on this Continental Assurance Company. Nobody ever heard of it. A lot of things those white-bellied clerks in Hartford haven't heard of. But the fact is, Continental ain't exactly worldwide. Oh. In here, in here. No, sir. It ain't nationwide either. Well, uh, just how wide is it? Well, you know how far it is from Winnemucca to Black Butte? Uh, no. Good. It's just about that wide. Oh. And Parker is one of their agents, huh? Agents? Parker is the president of the Continental. The president? But you just... I mean... Well, you look peaked, boy. You better sit down. Phew. <laughs> Jodiah, I shouldn't let the man that's paying my salary run after my bag. Pish-tash. Here. Take a look at this. It's my new business card. <laughs> yeah. Go on, read it. Uh, Jodiah Gillis, chairman of the board, Continental. What? Yes, sir. But Floyd's of England has always carried your policy. Carried, yes. Past tense. I don't take guff from anybody, especially a ninny of an insurance agent telling me what I can insure and what I can't. You had a fight with him? Yep. My cousin Rachel, oh, she's a sweet girl. She lives in the Belgian Congo. She sent me an African anteater. Now, all I wanted Floyd's to do was insure it for $15,000. And of course they wouldn't. Nope. So you canceled all your policies and bought the controlling interest in Continental. Same as anybody else would have done. Oh, sure, sure. And uh, naturally, you insured this anteater. Yeah, Archie. That was his name. Was his name. What happened to him? Well, it was a terrible thing, Johnny. Oh, it was just poor old Archie. He overindulged. Over? He did what? Yeah, he overindulged. He found a house full of termites. Oh. Yes, finally died. Acute indigestion. Too bad. But of course, Continental Assurance paid off. And of course, they paid off. And with a smile. Same as they paid off the $60,000 to my feline friend, Felicity. 
What 60,000 to Felicity? What do you think? The 60,000 Felicity inherited from Mrs. Hammermeyer. And who is Mrs... Was, was, was. All right, was Mrs. Hammermeyer. A client of Henry Parker's had a life policy for 60,000. Felicity was the beneficiary. But didn't she have any children or relatives? She had one brother, a nephew, and a niece. Oh, of course, not counting Mrs. Hawkins, who was Mrs. Hammermeyer's best friend. <clears throat> you see, the two ladies lived together 15 years. And right now, Mrs. Hawkins has been appointed trustee to administer the 60 grand as Felicity needs. Oh, I see. Yes, you'll meet her as soon as we get settled. Jodiah, what makes you think someone's trying to kill that cat? I don't think so. I know it. There have been two attempts in two weeks. You ask Mrs. Hawkins. She'll tell you. Mr. Gillis, Mr. Dollar. Ah, yeah. It's about time, Parker. Well, come on, Johnny, come on. We'll take you down to the Mapes. The Mapes? The Mapes Hotel. I'm staying there. And if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. The Mapes Hotel stands high above Virginia Street, overlooking the Truckee River. After Gillis checked me in and introduced me to the owner, Mr. Charles Mapes, I unpacked and went with Judiah out to the old Hamelmeyer place where Felicity the Cat, Mrs. Hawkins, and the relatives still live. We rang the old-fashioned doorbell and waited. In a moment, the door was opened by a pasty-faced man of about 28. Yeah? Oh, Mr. Gillis. Yes, afternoon, Oscar. Mrs. Hawkins in? Ain't she always? Who's he? He's a friend of mine who's also an insurance investigator. An insurance? Name's Johnny Dollar. Johnny, this is Oscar Emmett, the late Mrs. Hammermeyer's nephew. I am. I suppose you hear about that lousy cat. Uh, that's right. Well, uh, come on in. I'll tell the old lady you're here. You know where the living room is at, don't you, Mr. Oh, indeed I do. Oh, friendly sort of character. Uh, Oscar's like the rest of the Emmetts. They just can't stand seeing Felicity eat steak when they got to have tuna casserole uh-huh. in here, darling. All right. Well, what kind of work does he do? Work? Oh, Oscar, none of the Emmett's work. No, sir. Not even Mrs. Hamelmeyer's brother? Emmett. Emmett spends all his time in the gambling halls. You know, gambling's legal here. He a professional? Oh, no, no. He's got a slot machine route. He huh? goes around poking his finger in the payoff trays, picking up the nickels and dimes that people overlook. <laughs> yeah, let's sit down here. Let's sit down there. Oh, what the hell? Felicity! Oh, that cat has claws. Oh, you stepped on his tail, you stupid... Oh, oh. Tell him you're sorry, Dollar. Well, I didn't know he was there. sorry, Felicity. Oh, the bad man didn't see you. Oh, what's going on? Oh, Felicity, you get right down off that table. You hear me. Oh, oh you... Oh, Mr. Gillis, would you use your influence, please? Well, I'll certainly try, Mrs. Hawkins. Felicity... Come on now, honey. That's a good kitty. There. Now. I just put out a nice dish of scallops for him. Oh, you hear that, Felicity? Scallops? Oh, yum, yum. Sure. So you run along now. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, I I do declare I've never seen a man who has such a way with animals. Well, I... I And that goes for lonely widows, too, Mr. Gillis. (laughs) Oh, oh, now, Leona, stop. Uh, Jodiah. Oh, oh, yes. Mrs. Hawkins. Leona is just fine. This is the young fellow I was telling you about, Johnny Dollar. Oh, oh, well... This is indeed a pleasure, Mr. Dollar. 
Jodiah told me so much about you. Oh, is that so? You're much more handsome than I imagined, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, now, good gravy, Leona. Now, you just tell him what's been going on around here. You mean about Felicity? Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, somebody's after him. Trying to kill him. Tell me, has an actual attempt been made on his life? Wednesday night, a week ago. I let him out just before I went to bed, like always. Uh-huh. He'd been out about an hour when it started to pour. And knowing Felicity hates to get wet, I opened the front door to call him. Well, just as he was crossing the street, I heard this big car start up. Yeah. And it zoomed straight for Felicity. Whoever was driving it almost turned over trying to hit him. You didn't get a good look at the driver, huh? I didn't get any kind of a look. It was too dark. Well, what about the car? What make was it? If I knew that, I'd have already told you that. I haven't any secrets from him. Tell him about last Thursday, Leona. Felicity was poisoned. That's what the vet said. Somebody put arsenic in his lobster. Lobster. Oh, yes, he just loves it. According to the instructions Mrs. Hamelmeyer left, he's to have lobster once a week, steak three times, and boiled chicken every Sunday. I see. Yes. And as long as I take care of and obey her instructions, I can live here rent free. Same as her kin, the Emmets. Uh huh. Same as them. Mr. Gillis, just who gets Felicity's money in case he dies? The Emmett family? We aren't sure. Oh, why is that? Because Mrs. Hammermeyer left a sealed envelope to be opened only in the event of Felicity's death. Oh, the Emmett's will get all that's left, Mr. Dollar, I'm sure of it. Oh, no, 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 Leon. You mustn't look on the dark side. Well, I did rub Mildred, uh, Mrs. Hammermeyer's back and bunions for a good many years. Did her marketing. Saw she got her medicine on time. I do hope she appreciated it. Oh, she it. did. She did, Leona. You see. You dear, sweet man. Hello? Anybody home? Where is everybody? We're in the living room. Yes, I figured they'd start flocking in. Now it's dinner time. Dollar. Yeah? It's Joyce Emmett, the niece. She hates cats. Told me so herself. Oh. Well, evening, Mrs. Hawkins. Do I have time to take a shower before dinner? Oh. I didn't know he had company. Mr. Emmett, Joyce, you both know Mr. Gillis. Yes. Hiya, Mr. Gillis. Terrible. And this is Mr. Johnny Dollar. He's investigating the trouble we've had about Felicity. After the would-be cat killer, huh, Johnny? Yeah, that's right. I'll lay eight to five, you never catch him. Or her. Could be a woman, you know. Oh, yes, yes. It most certainly could. Why, Joyce, the way you say that, you act as if you want Mr. Dollar to start investigating you. Maybe I do. How about it, Johnny? Well, uh, how do you feel about Felicity, Miss Hammond? The same as everyone else in this house. Aunt Mildred had no business leaving all her money to that... that creeping night crawler. Well, he is. Mr. Dollar, just what interest do you have in Felicity? He isn't insured. Mr. Gillis sent for me, Mr. Emmett. He did? Yes, I did. Continental has a moral responsibility to see that the funds handed over to widows, children, and dumb animals are protected from swindlers, connivers, and blackguards. Of which I'm sure this house has many. Why, you pompous, wrinkled old Romeo. Joyce, please, if you can't hold your tongue, leave the room. Well, what I said is the truth. Man his age getting romantic. You wait, girl. Thirty years from now, you'll be mighty glad men my age can get romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Emmett. Mr. Emmett, do you share your daughter's opinion of Felicity? Why, of course I do. I'm a dog man. Besides, I can't see why she left all that money to the critter. Mrs. Hawkins has figured up what it costs to keep him like a king every week. Yes, yes, $23. Maybe a trifle more by the time I get him out of the pretty kitty. The pretty kitty? 
Well, it's a beauty parlor for cats. Felicity has a standing appointment there every Friday at 1. Oh, no. $23 a week. You know how many weeks it'll take him to spend that 60000 not counting the interest that'll add up while he's doing it? No, not exactly. No, 2,600 weeks. 50 years. And believe me, the odds of any cat living to be 50 years old, well... I'll lay you 10 to 1. He doesn't live another six months. Joey. Oh, speak of the devil. Well, hello there, Felicity. Oh, did you know we were talking about you? Did you finish up all your dinner, Felicity? He sometimes doesn't eat all his scallops. Last week, I gave them to Oscar. Oh, it's disgusting. Hmm? Well, look at him. He thinks he owns us. What do you mean, thinks? <laughs> a few minutes later, Jodiah drove me back to the Mapes. Whether it was the Emmets or Mrs. Hawkins who wanted Felicity out of the way, I didn't know. But I did know we should get him out of that house as soon as possible. I changed my clothes, met Jodiah and his friend Charlie Mapes in the Skyrim for dinner, and did a bit of gambling, then went to bed. Must have been about 3.30 when the phone rang. Hello. Hello. Oh, mm. Miss Dollar, please answer me. Hmm? Huh? Who is it? Mrs. Hawkins. I tried to get Mr. Gillis, but he left word he wasn't to be disturbed. Oh, well, what is it, Mrs. Hawkins? What's wrong? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's just terrible. Uh, what's, what is it? What's happened? Felicity. He. Oh, he. Felicity what? I let him out about ten. Johnny Dollar in a moment. Anyone who has survived the rigors of basic training is familiar with a great variety of milk that is dished out periodically in the armed forces. Now, there's frozen milk, concentrated milk, frozen concentrate, and good old powdered milk. But sometimes supplying wholesome, fresh, real milk has been a problem when servicemen have been stationed in out-of-the-way places. The United States Air Force came across that problem some time ago in the island of Teixeira, in the Azores, those Portuguese islands that dot an eastern portion of the Atlantic Ocean. The air base there was considered powdered milk country for a long time. Although cattle have played an important role in the economy of the island of Teixeira, the herd was badly inbred and milk production was very low. Modern milk processing was not a part of the picture. And with the help of Portuguese veterinarians, the men in the United States Air Force unit worked out a free breeding service by using a small herd of milk cows acquired in England and the cattle there at Teixeira improved. Then, a complete pasteurizing, homogenizing, sterilizing, bottling refrigeration plant was flown in from the United States. As soon as this activity got underway, milk production began to climb steadily, and thirsty Air Force men and civilians were soon buying and drinking the new fresh milk. When economy of the island began to rise rapidly, the people were happy and grateful. You might say that a little milk of human kindness increased understanding on an island of freedom, the right of all men everywhere. 
And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Felicity Feline Matter. A few minutes later, Jediah Gillis and I were at the old Hamelmeyer home. Joyce and her father, along with Mrs. Hawkins, were waiting for us. Oscar Emmett was nowhere to be found. He's the one, Johnny. Yes, sir, that shifty critter, that Oscar. He stole Felicity and is going to do him in. Ah, that poor Felicity. Oh, for heaven's sake, Mr. Gillis, pull yourself together. Oscar could be downtown having a run of luck, Mr. Dollar. Well, if he's gambling this time of night, he shouldn't be too hard to find. Mrs. Hawkins. Yes? When did you first realize Felicity was missing? Why, about an hour ago, I guess it was. I woke up and remembered he was still outside, so I came down and called him. Yeah? Always before, ever since he was a little kitten, he's come back home for me. But tonight, well, he's just nowhere to be found. What time did you let him out? About uh, 10.30, same time as I always do. Were you at home then, Joyce? No, she wasn't. I had a real good day yesterday, collected almost $4, so I took it to a movie. A movie? <laughs> That's a likely story I've ever heard. It <laughs> happens to be the truth, Mr. Gillis. What'd you see? Come on, tell me. It was an old one about a giant gorilla. That's right. Oh, I'll bet, I'll bet. Judah. Judah. If anything has happened to poor Felicity, will we? Well... How much time will we be given before we have to move out of this house? Well, that's up to the court, but I'd say a couple of weeks. That's all? Oh, my. Well, it's all they deserve. My. All except you, my dear. Well, Johnny, you've been unusually quiet. What do you think? I think we'll take in the late spots, Judiah. See how our luck's running. Started at the Mapes and went down Virginia Street, stopping in at every gambling casino, hoping we'd find Oscar Emmett. Finally, we found him at one of the roulette wheels in Harold's Club. And in front of him was a large stack of chips. Make your bets, ladies and gentlemen. There's a couple of seats around here, gents. No, thanks. We'll just watch our friend. And a very lucky friend he is, too. Put these on 32 and these on... Uh... Good morning, Oscar. What? Huh? <laughs> well, what are you two doing here? We've been looking for you. That's so? What for? You know what for, you catnapper? What'd you do with Felicity? That cat? You know any other Felicity? You know good loafer? All bets are down. No, 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 wait a minute. I wanted these chips on 13 black. Sorry, all bets are down. What? Now see what you two made me do. If that 13 hits, I... Well, what do you want to see me about? We told you. Felicity. You know where he is? How would I know? Where have you been since 10.30 this evening? All around town. How long have you been here? Long enough. Look out now. 13, odd, and black. Oh, why, you, you see what you two clowns cost me? Take my mind off what I'm doing. Now get out of my way. I'm cashing in. You're not doing nothing to the answer our questions, Mr. Oscar Emmett. You hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh. Hey, just a minute, Oscar. Hold back. Jediah, are you all right? Uh, yes, I guess a fine bodyguard you'd make. Oh, uh, Mr. Gillis, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really mean to hit you. Well, you sure it, did. Yes, sir. But well, here, let me help you up. Are you sure you're all right, Jediah? Yes, if I could just sit here a minute, I'll be fine. Okay, okay, folks, it's all over. Let's get back to our business. Oh, uh, uh I want to come over here a second dollar? If you say so. That crazy old fool. I, I didn't really mean to hit him so hard, but he... Well, you know how it is sometimes. 
That was the best run of luck I had this year. Well, don't worry about your Dyer. He sometimes forgets he's not as young as he used to be. Huh. You can say that again. Boy, the way he's been letting that Mrs. Hawkins make a fool of him. How do you mean? Oh, you know. Telling him how much she's in love with him, how nice it'll be after they're married, you know. You heard her say this? Sure. You see, my room's on the first floor just off the parlor. And I can't help but hear what's going on. Uh-huh. Well, what makes you think Mrs. Hawkins isn't sincere? Because she's been given the same line to Mr. Remmett. Oh. Only she's, she really loves him. Oh, yes, sir. Sometimes he argues with her and she breaks out crying. Now, that's something no woman like her could fake. Yeah. Maybe you're right. I didn't tell Jodiah what I'd learned from Oscar. At least not then. The wind had already been taken out of his sails. So I took him back to the Mapes. I made sure he was going to be all right. Then I returned to the old Hamelmeyer house. Joyce, Mr. Emmett, and Mrs. Hawkins were out in the yard hunting for Felicity. Hi, Johnny. Well, hi yourself. We've got some coffee inside if you're interested. Coffee? Sure. But have you found any sign of Felicity? Not yet. Poor Miss Hawkins, she's about to go out of her mind. Uh-huh. Did you find Oscar last night? Yeah, yeah. He's been having a session downtown at a roulette table. That's what I thought. Johnny? Mm-hmm. What will happen if we don't find Felicity? I, I mean, if he's just run away, we won't be able to prove he's dead. And the money... Well, what will happen? Do you know? Well, I imagine there'll be a waiting period, and then the court will declare Felicity dead, and the money will go wherever Mrs. Hamelmeyer has willed it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I sure wish I knew what's in the envelope Mr. Gillis has locked in his office. Mrs. Hawkins! Joyce! Mr. Dollar! Now, what is it, Dad? In here, quick! Johnny, he's found something in the garage. Come on, come on! The garage was about 25 yards from where we'd been standing. We made it nothing flat. Inside, toward the back and on the ground, was a small hatchet. And near the hatchet was some blood and cat fur. Oh, oh, Johnny. Oh, no. Poor Felicity. Oh, the poor, poor thing. Well, oh. it, it looks like he met his end here, oh, and then whoever did goodness. it carted him away, oh, huh, darling? Looks that way. Oh. Johnny, I... Oh, take me out of here. Yeah, sure, oh. Joyce. Ashamed. And you know I hated that cat. I really wanted him dead, but not like this. Not... Oh, hey, hey, hey. Come on now. I know it's silly. I mean, isn't it? No, no, I don't think it is. Oh, Mr. Dollar. Yes, ma'am. Will you be kind enough to notify Mr. Gillis? I... Oh, I'm afraid I just couldn't speak about it over the telephone. Of course. I'll be glad to. I drove Judea's car back to the hotel. I made sure he was feeling better, then told him what we'd found in the garage. Naturally, he wanted to call out the police reserves, but I managed to talk him out of it. At 10 o'clock, I made some telephone calls to the local banks. When I got the information I'd been after, Jodiah and I again drove out to the Hamelmeyer house. Well, I expected you two gentlemen a couple of hours ago. Sorry, Mrs. Hawkins. I had some things to take care of. Oh, well, come in. Uh, what's the matter with... Why, Joe Dyer Gillis, you've been fighting. So I have, woman. So I have. Sweet darling, and at your age... Seems like I've been doing a lot of crazy fool things at my age. Now, just what do you mean by that? You know very well what. Pulling the wool over my eyes. 
let me think that I'd found a true sweetheart at last. Oh, you, you miserable Jezebel. <laughs> Mr. Dollar, whatever is he talking about? How about you and Mr. Emmett? Mr. And how Mr. you Mr. plan to use Jodiah's friendship to get you out of trouble in case your little scheme failed? Well, I still don't understand. No? Well, suppose I tell you that you did away with Felicity yourself. Why, you... You can't prove that. I won't need to. Jodiah's having a copy made of all your bank deposits since the time you moved in with Mrs. Hammermeyer 15 years ago and started taking care of her by paying her bills, ordering her food and medicine, and pocketing a good share of the money for yourself. Well, why shouldn't I have? She didn't give me one cent of salary. Oh, I know. And your bank balance shows you have $47,000 on deposit. All right. All right. But I'll pay it back. You'll see. Oh, they won't be able to do a thing to me. No, sir, Mildred Hammermeyer appreciated me even if nobody else did or does. You'll see. My name will be in that envelope. She wanted me to have that money all the time. I know she did. Hi. Ready to read the will? Yeah, just about. Uh, Joyce, you and your father sit over there, huh? Mm-hmm. Wherever you say, Mr. Dollar. Okay, Jediah, open the will. Sure, I will. But if it does give the money to... Jediah. Well, Mrs. Hammermeyer should spin in her grave if it does. Read it if you dare, you... You old... Goat. You miserable female... Woman? Yeah. Yes, well, I'll read it now. Here we go. Ah, codicil to the last will and testament of Mildred Emmett Hammermeyer. Witness by... Yeah, there's a lot of legal gab here. Ah, here we are. The money's unspent after the death of the cat known as Felicity... Shall well, hold it smooth. <laughs> Mr. Gillis. This is no time for laughing, Gillis. <laughs> Read it, your dad. Yes, <laughs> please. Oh, oh, doggone. I just, yeah, I'll, I'll read this thing again. <clears throat> the money's unspent shall then go to the descendants of the original heir. The what? The descendants? Huh? The what? <laughs> yes. Well, how? The, the original heir is Felicity. Now, the money goes to his descendants. And being as he was a tomcat who loved to go prowling at oh. night, oh. did he ever have descendants? Oh, hundreds of them. Oh. Well, sir, what happened later proved once and for all that miracles can happen. For at 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon, we got a phone call from the Pretty Kitty Beauty Shop. A large tomcat with a bad cut on the back of his neck had shown up for his usual shampoo and manicure. Maybe they do have nine lives. Expense account total, including hotel bill, incidentals, and transportation back to Hartford, $407.20. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. to tell you about next week's story. Next week, an actor who talked nothing but Shakespeare and who talked himself into his grave. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar.